Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Footnote Church in Glendora, California. All right, well, welcome to this week's episode of Footnotes. I am not Stephen. I am Brian Martinez, the student's minister at Foothill Church, filling in for, uh, for Stephen. And today is a really cool episode. We are going to talk about Gen Z. And to help us do that, we have some guests from the church who are experts in that they are all members of Generation Z. And so today we have, we have Chloe. Hello. Hello. We have Jaden. Hi. And Will. Greetings. <laughs> hey guys, thanks so much for being with us today. I'm excited to talk about your generation. You guys are the uh, premier um, ambassadors, right? Every question we possibly have about Gen Z, you guys have the answer to and you are qualified to speak for everyone in your generation. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. sounds right. Perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arrogance, one of those classic markers <laughs> of Gen Z, Will. Really, way to step in there. No, just kidding. Um, if you're curious why we're talking about this, you've probably heard about Gen Z before. Uh, probably not always in the most uh, you know kind ways. Maybe it's, it's a little bit more disparaging. But what exactly is Generation Z? Well, Generation Z is the, the current generation. Uh, these are people born between 1999 and 2015, so after millennials. Uh, it's estimated there's between 69 and 70 million uh, people in Gen Z in America. A couple quick things about them. They are about twice as likely as, uh, as adults to be atheists or to call themselves atheists. About half of Gen Z, about 49%, is non-white, which is the most diverse generation in American history. Uh, about 51% of them say that happiness is their ultimate goal. And, uh, and most of them say they spend more than four hours of screen time. And so what we want to do today is we want to take these three members of Gen Z who are uh, members of Foothood Church and who have, I believe, represented uh, the, the gospel well in their life. And we just want to get an insight into what does it mean for you guys to be Gen Z? What are some things we can know about you? Because I think it's easy for us uh, to just kind of look on and see the things we're seeing in the news without having a face to this. And, and we want to we hear from you guys. We want to know what it's like for you to be a part of this generation and what we can know and how the church can be along with you. So first thing is we just want to get to know you guys. So uh, where are you in life right now? And just tell us a little bit about yourself. I feel like I'm in that stage where it's just like a cycle of like school, work, sleep, school, work, sleep, school, work, sleep, where you don't have like really like kind of any time in between. You're just like going, trying to set yourself up for the future and your career and what you want to do. So I'm kind of in that stage right now, but it's really cool. Um, I'm kind of just in that phase where I'm also just growing in the Lord a lot and I'm learning a lot of important life lessons. Mm -hmm. um, some are hard life lessons, some are like easy, but um, I'm really like, kind of like in that stage where I'm just like growing and like kind of taking that kind of like childhood mentality or like kid mentality that I had and transforming into like an adult and like preparing for like adulthood and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of the stage where I'm in. So yeah. Yeah. see where that goes. Thanks, Chloe. Where are you, just to give us kind of a, a good marker here, where are you in terms of your schooling? Are you in high school? Are you post-high school? Yeah, I am in college. I'm a second year at Cal Poly Pomona, and I major in hospitality management. Nice, so, yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jaden, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where you are in life right now? I'm in high school. I'm 16 years old. Um, I think I'm still in, like, preparation phase for life i'm still learning a lot of things like chloe said growing in the lord um yeah yeah thanks well what about you man what's going on in your life right now besides growing that amazing beard 
<laughs> Thanks. It is, it's no shave November. It's not that amazing yet. <laughs> um, I'm a, an aspiring man, one would say. <laughs> um, and an inspiring one. Too. <laughs> uh, no, but right now I'm I'm going to Cal Pomona. I am actually in my last semester. Hey. So I'm about to mm-hmm. about to f- be forced to become a man um, in a second. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm. Right now, I'm applying for jobs and looking looking at the na- next stage of life, entering the workforce and things nice. like that. So we have Jaden, who is, is still in high school, still kind of yeah, l- learning to be an adult, practicing those things, very mature for your age. Also, we have Chloe, who's in the middle of college right now, and, and Will, who you're, you're getting ready to leave. You're getting ready to, to enter the marketplace, enter mm-hmm. kind of how, quote unquote, like a- adulting. If you yeah. will. So we have a few different stages here. Well, um, I'm curious, guys. So you guys are all in the same generation, although you're a few years apart and you have different experiences. Tell me, what do you feel like are some of the perceptions that, uh, that that culture has about Gen Z? There's a lot of perceptions that go around and most of them are, are negative. And I definitely see some of those in like my life and my friends' lives and mm-hmm. things like that. But there's like the, the idea that we're always on social media. Mm-hmm. We're always glued to our phones. Um, we have less of a capability of like actual social interaction and that we're ultimately kind of more disconnected through that fact. Yeah, I think you're totally spot on. I think those are definitely some perceptions people have. What about you guys? What are some things you've heard? Maybe maybe it's things you know your, your parents, your parents' friends have said or things mm-hmm. you see like in media and how you're represented, but how do you guys feel that Gen Z is is understood Mm -hmm. i feel kind of going off what will said of like it's we were kind of like the first like generation to be introduced to like iphones and ipads and social media and stuff like that and so we've all kind of grown up with that um and so i think one of the biggest perceptions is that we are like addicted to or obsessed like with social media and with like technology and stuff like that and we're always on it um Another one of the things that I feel like is a perception of Gen Z is also that like maybe people think that we're just kind of like a bunch of like quote unquote like a bunch of like dumb kids kind of (laughs) like we don't really know what we're talking about. We don't understand life yet because, you know, we're still young Um, and like totally like on a certain level. Like, yeah, like I don't know some life lessons that like you like Brian might understand or that my dad might know and stuff like that. So on a certain level, yes, but I feel like people kind of give us maybe a little less credit like I think that we do know maybe a little more than people give us credit for Mm -hmm. but yeah I feel like a lot of people think oh you don't really know what you're talking about or you don't the adults are talking right now like just let us take care of this and we kind of want to be a part of that in a sense Uh, I also feel like another perception of Gen Z and one I think is like a fact is that we are very very like impatient like a very impatient generation, me including like a hundred percent like now you can like click something and you can get like food delivered to you in like 20 minutes you know and stuff and it's really easy to like to do like a bunch of things really fast and we're not really like trained or like we don't we haven't really learned to like be patient to wait for things and that's what i think is one of the biggest struggles of our of our generation yeah mm-hmm. another thing is even though we are exposed to so much um interaction with the outside world far far away from us um i think a lot of us uh, yeah we're easily offended yeah thanks for sharing that i I think every every generation has their kind of um the the cliches the the knocks against them right you know Mm -hmm. yeah gen z and you know i'm a millennial i think we have some of those things like we're directionless in life we're kind of all hipster bums which yeah i mean (laughs) a lot of us are for sure uh i i I really do love a, a good um stereotype uh, like I, I, I love the, the, those jokes, but you're right. I, I do think that some of those those things are, are really 
prevalent. Like I know one is uh, cluelessness, kind of how what you guys were talking about, how Gen Z is kind of viewed to be on, on the clueless side. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched the show Ellen, you know, Ellen DeGeneres, really popular, but I remember she had this segment where she would bring people on, millennials or Gen Zers, and she would give them things and say, like, can you figure this out? Like, uh, how to dial on a rotary phone or how to read a map um, or, you know, how to use a fax machine. And it's funny, like, she and, like, you know, this audience of, of boomers <laughs> would just make fun of these kids for not knowing how to use it, mm-hmm. where it's like, why, why would you know how to use these things? You haven't grown up in these. It's kind of this unfair thing where if you take – you know, 55-year-old Aunt Sue, and you give her, like, a blacksmith uh, tool, she's not going to know how to use that. That's ancient <laughs> technology. And so it's a little unfair. You're right. There's, there is a sense of kind of, like, cluelessness, mm-hmm. although it's not always the case. I mean, Gen Zers, you guys are very adept at technology. You know a lot. I mean, you probably know way more about cryptocurrency than a lot of the people listening. And so <laughs> there to, or at least your generation does, right? The cluelessness is probably not the best description Whereas maybe there's certain things that you're very clueless about, but there's other things like any generation that you are, are very adept in. Um, so every generation has the things that shape them. Every generation has the stuff that kind of gives them their identity. Uh, you know, millennials, they have kind of like the, they have the, the tech boom, they have the internet explosion, they have, you know, kind of that post 9-11, mm-hmm. uh, you know, baby boomers after the war, all that. What are some of the things that you feel like, now this is still happening, uh, but what are some of the things that you feel like have impacted you in the culture? What are some, some cultural things that have really had an impact on, maybe not you per se, but your generation? I think, though very recent still, uh, COVID yeah. has yeah. had a humongous 100%. impact on not only our generation, but, um, you know, so many of us are growing up. And as a young age, it's kind of becoming more normal. Uh, the things that are normal now versus the things that were normal before COVID. I think kind of based on like what you're going off of is like, especially like since you're in high school, um, me and Will are in college. Like it wasn't until like maybe the end of my high school, like year that the COVID pandemic happened. But even like middle schoolers who are Gen Zers and like high schoolers who are Gen Zers, that's like one of the most critical times to like build your social personality. And for like a whole year and a half of like no complete and total like isolation like it's just you and your family who you kind of already know you know but Mm -hmm. um but I feel like that really did kind of leave a dent or like leave a mark on a lot of like the Gen Zers who like don't really know how to socialize anymore especially adding on that technology of like we're always just on our phones now too Mm -hmm. you know I mean I I definitely know for me personally like I'm a very extroverted social person and during COVID and when I was locked up for a while and then I came back and started interacting i'm like what is interaction yeah yeah i don't even know and yeah. i i i like already learned how to do that i was i had a lot of friends that i could go connect with mm-hmm. already in college but it was still it's still hard and i think we're seeing a lot of effects from covid and we're going to keep on seeing more yeah absolutely right i mean your generation you guys aren't you know you weren't five-year-olds when this hit mm-hmm. and so you were already you know formed as, as humans for the most part but, but we, we know that the, the high school, college years, those are extremely formative. And to mm-hmm. have something as as global as the pandemic in such a, a formative time in, in your generation is, is huge. And I think you're right. We're going to see massive impact on that mm-hmm. on a scale that, that we probably won't be able to predict. We know that Gen Zers uh, all, already have tendencies to be a little bit more uh, reclusive, right, with technology. And so it's, it's interesting to see how this is going to impact um, – all sorts of things from social interaction to politics to just kind of how we go forward with, with different policies and stuff. Um, 
Speaking of things that have really molded you, we mentioned this already, but you're the first generation that's really been born into the, the digital internet age. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's probably some things that you guys don't remember, right? Like like you know, rotary phones, pay phones, like you know, hanging up the phone, <laughs> stuff like that. Like you probably don't have memories of that. Like mm-hmm. you're the ones who've really grown up with smartphones, grown up with tablets, grown mm-hmm. up with Wi-Fi. Where I was born in the early '90s, I remember a lot of those things mm-hmm. that that we didn't have. I remember the dial-up sound, uh, but you guys probably not so much. So I'm curious, how do you feel like that's that's shaped you? Being really born into this internet age, where from an early age you've already had you know, touch screens and media, like just at your fingertips. Like Chloe said, um, we have so much resources at our fingertips. We can order food or um, get a class or talk to people on the other side of the world um, using social media and YouTube and the internet and get so much information. So um, I think impatience has, um, I think we've developed uh, impatient tendencies we also aren't used to a more rugged life without the technology and the mm-hmm. information um, straight at our fingertips. Yeah, I do think that, well, it's funny because you were saying about how we might not remember like a bunch of stuff. I do um, kind of have some memories of like before there was iPads, like when I was a kid, like my childhood, like growing up. And I do remember just being able to like play outside and stuff like that. But I don't remember, I wasn't old enough to really understand like, what is technology and like what do I have at my you know disposal like as a kid you know I wasn't really old enough to understand that stuff um and so looking back it is interesting seeing okay how would I spend my time versus how do I spend my time now um with technology and without technology and so I do kind of remember that time where there wasn't any technology but now that I do spend like you know four plus hours of screen time on my phone or like on my laptop for school and stuff it is hard um how to figure out how to spend my time when I'm not with friends and when I don't want to be on my phone I really don't know what to do because you know you know you want to watch tv but that's also like screen Mm -hmm. time so like what do you do and so it's really hard kind of figuring out I think for Gen Z as a whole what to do if that technology is taken away have you ever seen the social dilemma Mm-hmm. Yes, that's some scary it's stuff. Crazy. And if I don't know who's listening, but if whoever is listening, if you want to watch it, you should. Um, it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but it's basically going into how these social media platforms are trying to keep you addicted because that's you're their source of money. The more time you spend on their app, like the more money they're gonna get eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it talks about leading to like poor like polarization um in like politics it talks about leading to like depression um it talks about like making people more distant things like that but it's definitely i you can definitely see it because like whenever i'm hanging out with friends it's so natural and like there's a long conversation everyone just pulls out their phone and they start scrolling through um instagram or Mm -hmm. something like that and i i i swore off social media after the social dilemma and it's still it's hard though. I, now I have LinkedIn, and I'm like, oh, it's for work. But I'm like, I'm scrolling through randomly, and I'm not even, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm not reading anything. But it's just so like, it's so funny. <laughs> it's like it's it's addictive. Oh, yeah. it's, it's crazy. I do. Oh, like- Jim, the assistant manager at Petco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you have to? Fun, fun. <laughs> About to retire in seven yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember watching Social Dilemma with my mom, and we were like, oh my gosh, this is insane, and um, how it keeps you addicted, and even like when your phone is off, the notifications will pop up. 
And like as that was happening, notifications were popping off because I wasn't on my phone and I was freaking out. But what stood out to me about you saying that is um, like how people's mental health have gone like down the drain. Like the government keeps talking about like this mental health health crisis that we're having. And a lot of it is Gen Zers, you know, people our age who um, who are like addicted or like obsessed with social media. And I think the thing with social media is that it shows all the successes and like the perfection of like other people's life and it doesn't show that other side of like all the failures that it took to get them there or like the ugly side of their life you know and they want that to be them but they can't and that's why we have like so many um, people with depression and anxiety and just stress of like having to be perfect and I know that was Mm -hmm. like a phase in my life where like I had to go through that of like, I need to be perfect. I, everything that I do has to be perfect. I have to look perfect. I have to talk perfect. I have to act perfect. My grades have to be perfect. My friends that I surround myself with, they have to be perfect. And you realize in the real world, like not on social media, on the real world, that is unrealistic, you know? And that's part of the gospel is like admitting to ourselves that we are not perfect beings like at all. We are going to make mistakes and and we like to do bad things sometimes. And so that's something that, I really had to learn growing up and all these things that I'm seeing on social media are just kind of fantasies being marketed to me. Um, They're not like realistic things that I should be trying to do. I shouldn't be trying to be perfect. Like obviously I should be trying to be more Christ-like, but it's that thought and that knowledge of knowing that I will never be perfect. And that's really where I think the gospel comes in. I think that's really where the gospel can reach out to so many of us Gen Zers is that we can never be perfect. And I think that's why we have so many mental health issues is we want to be, but we can't be. Another thing is when you are that person on Instagram or whatever that people say is perfect and people look up to as the perfect one, mm-hmm. they they know that they're not perfect. And they know that even though they have all this stuff and all this uh, fame and, you know, cute clothes or whatever uh they're not fulfilled and they never will be by yeah. those things mm-hmm. so yeah that's good thank you guys for sharing that i mean and what's true is that those things are true for for all of us right that those traps are true for for every generation mm-hmm. uh but that's definitely something that yeah that can be said for for gen z one, one thing so I, I i'm the students minister here at foothill i get the privilege of working with junior high and high school students which are members of Gen Z, and so I've gotten a chance to, to research a little bit and look in, and, and there's a few different markers. Um, like I said, this is we don't want to overgeneralize every person as their own individual, but there are some kind of trends you can see in, in, in every generation, like, you know, uh, some of the older generations, they've grown up with kind of trends of skepticism and, and some things like that. Or uh, One thing that I found in, in Gen Z, which is very important, and if you're not a member of Gen Z, you should really listen in, because this is one of the greatest ends, I think, is there's this, this real um, kind of opposition between authenticity and, um, and, and like a sheen. Uh, and and th- this is what I mean. So what I've found, and, and maybe you guys can speak to this, uh, but Gen Z, because you've grown up with this uh, contributor platform over just consuming, mm-hmm. any single one of you can create something. You can put something mm-hmm. on TikTok, you can put something on YouTube, you can put yeah. something on Spotify. Whereas earlier generations, we didn't have uh, creating at our fingertips. We were consumers. Mm-hmm. And so what was valuable to us is if things were slick, if things had, had a good sheen, like if the movie had a high budget, if the podcast was well produced, mm-hmm. if, if the video was, was really good. But there's been a shift of that we see mostly in, in your generation where because everyone can create, it's less about who can make the most slick things 
and an authenticity. And so we've seen kind of this, you know, hesitation towards like the used car salesman kind of thing. Like it doesn't, something doesn't need to be the best budget. It just needs to have a good feel of authenticity. Uh, and so I, this is what I, I've come across in my readings and what I've seen dealing with some of the students. And I think this is good for us to remember, especially as the church, that often what I feel like we need to do, we feel like we need to compete with the big companies and the kind of tech stuff and have the most amazing stage presence, the best social media presence, when really what people are really thirsting for is, is authenticity. Mm -hmm. uh, it's true authenticity, <clears throat> gospel authenticity. I think that's just an, an amazing avenue that we mm -hmm. have to Gen Zers. And so speaking of that, as we kind of wind down this discussion, uh, I want to ask you guys a couple questions about your generation. And, and of course, you're members of this. You don't represent all of them. But mm -hmm. from what you know about your friends and your peers and what you see, where are your peers most resistant to Jesus and most resistant to the church? Where, um, where do those walls tend to go up fastest for them? Mm. Is that political stuff? Is that, you know, uh, uh, issues with gender? What, where are those things where you're like, oh man, this is really a, a soft subject for my generation? There's a lot of resistance when it comes to tolerance. Because mm. especially now in this generation, they almost preach tolerance as the way to go like if you don't accept what they're doing you're not accepting them for who they are and i think it's really easy for everyone to get offended now it's really easy for them to say like oh you don't accept this part of me you don't you don't think this was right of me that's it like i don't accept who you are anymore mm -hmm. and the thing about the gospel though it's offensive <laughs> it's saying hey you're messed up yeah. you're broken you're sinful and like you need a savior. But while the wor world is preaching whatever your heart wants, whatever you desire, that's good for you. Go and get it. Mm -hmm. While like the Bible is saying, like, oh, no, the heart is deceitful. Like from the heart comes all these different sin issues. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that there's that head on collision that c kind of makes a lot of my friends that I've talked to and kind of tried to bring up the gospel with. It makes them shut down. And like when they ask, like, OK, do you think if I'm not Christian, I'm going to. I'm going to go to hell. It's like, I don't want to answer that question, like to offend you, but I want to, I want you to like, I want you to know who Jesus is. And I want you to know the love that he has. He's calling mm -hmm. to save you from that. Not that I'm not tolerating you. It's like, I'm loving you. And that's why I'm sharing this with you. And it's, it's so hard to do that because it's really easy for them to put up walls, say like, no, I want to go, I want to go sleep with whoever I want. I want to go watch whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to watch what I say. And that's honestly, that's where I'm seeing a huge cutoff with my friends where there's like, I just can't accept that if they, if there's this God that won't let me do what I want. Mm -hmm. If I can't live my true self. Yeah. 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 I think another thing too is um, kind of what Will was saying about how like, this is what, this is, we want you to know Jesus and this is who Jesus is and he loves you and God loves you. Um, but also going off of, you know, Christians should also be very loving of them as well. Um, I... A, a Bible verse that stood out to me and a Bible verse that my dad always tells me is um, John 13, 34, 35. Um, and it's where Jesus is giving the new commandment of love, love thy neighbor. You know, so it's just um, verse 34 is a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as you have just as I have loved you. And you also uh, are to love one another. And then verse 35 is by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. And if you have love, if you have love for one another. And um, I think something that um, we tend to see on like the news and like on viral videos is a is 
a, a Christian going off on someone, like just saying you're going to hell and you're a terrible person and you're just blah, 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 like just going off on them. And that's not how we are to approach it. Um, we are to approach it as a civilized, you know, person in general. Because, you know, if you yell at someone, if I start like going off on you, Brian, you're like, okay, I'm shutting down. I'm not listening to you or anything like that. Um, but we are to be showing love to one another, whether we are sinners or whether they're a non-Christian or, or a Christian. And the point of that is too, is that we are also sinners. And the difference between that is that we've accepted that we are sinners and that we can never be perfect. Um, whereas for they, they, they think they are perfect and they think they are doing the right thing and they haven't accepted that. And so we have to come up to them in a loving way. And so I think something that, um, people are thrown off of is that when I tell them like, yeah, I'm a Christian, um, they go, oh, wow, you don't, you don't act like, you know, a Christian, like that I see on TV and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, it's, those aren't, I don't know, you know, so it, we have to be, I feel like more like, um, gentle with them. I feel like, um, because they're lost. They don't, they don't know where they are in life. They don't know that there's a God who loves them. They don't know that he sent his only son to die like a terrible death for us so that we could live with him, you know, and they don't know that. And so really they're living in a world that's just full of like darkness and, and chaos and unrest and, and they don't know for what, you know, that's the whole big question they ask is like, what is the meaning of life? Like they don't know why they're here and, and we do, and we have that answer for them. But if we tell them in a hateful way, are, are they going to listen to us? Like, no, um, I think it's, it's about our character, kind of what pa pa um, Stephen was saying, like on Sunday, this is about your character. Like, how do you treat others? How should a Christian be treating others? And like, kind of put those side to side and see like, am I doing and treating others how I should be treating others? Well, let's put on the flip side for, for our last question here. Then what are the best ways for the church to approach Gen Z? Um, Cause you, I'll start with, with one that has stood out to me and, and something that you guys have mentioned. It's, it's really easy, I think, for us to look at, you know, like millennials or Gen Zers and kind of just call them like they're, they're the snowflakes, they're the easily offended. And, and for sure, there's, there's truth uh, in, in some of these things. But, but something I've, I've noticed is that if we just look, you mentioned Stephen's sermon where he talked about um, the, the ninth commandment of don't bear false witness against your neighbor. And, and one mm -hmm. of the, the ways that we can exercise that is, is, is not assuming the worst, is giving people the benefit of the doubt if mm -hmm. we could have grace for people. And so I wonder if we could look at some of these things on Gen Z where they, they're really seeking tolerance. They're, they're really all about, um, you know, we can sometimes tauntingly call it being woke. What are they really, if we're giving them the benefit of the doubt, the thing that they're really seeking there is not necessarily a bad thing, right? They want justice, uh, or at least that's what they're saying. They want things to be good. They want people to be treated fairly. Now, how that's executed is often unbiblical and, and anti-gospel, mm -hmm. but one thing that we could probably do as Christians is we could point to Jesus, who is the center of, of, of everything about us as Christians, and be like, he was about ultimate uh, justice, ultimate grace, which is really what we need. And we can see that he was ahead of his time. I mean, he valued women. He valued children. He valued the non-Jews. And so all the things that we see this culture kind of espousing maybe in, in almost ascetic ways, Jesus did it in, in the holiest of ways. And we can point them like, hey, the Jesus we serve is one who cares for the lost and the broken for the least of these. And so I'm just curious, as, as we kind of close this out, what is something that you would encourage your, um, 
your, your aunts, your uncles, your parents, uh, some of the, the older brothers and sisters in the church, like, hey, what is one avenue, one thing that, like, this is a good way to reach our generation? One thing that I've started seeing is that some people are starting to kind of tweak the gospel or try to sugarcoat it, put it in a good light. Mm. Um, and that's the one way that we can't do that. It's the one way that actually will push people away in the end and that will ultimately make people say, oh, like, I'll come to Christianity because it's, like, not that bad. And they'll see it, like, they'll see the gospel for what it really is and it's beautiful, but they don't see the beauty because they thought they were just coming in yeah. for, like, Oh, eternity in heaven that's and good. prosperity. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So don't sugarcoat it, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, but then, also going back to what you were saying earlier, what we should do is that authenticity. Like, that is something that I believe Gen Z, we crave. Mm. And mm. I think a lot of times when I talk to people, is like they talk about their experience in church and how people are hypocrites, which the church will always be full of hypocrites. And that that can't really be stopped. But authentically, like letting people come into our homes, being hospitable, um, caring for the community well, instead of saying we do and not acting out on it. um, I think that's a big thing that opens up doors for especially Gen Z because they they feel like they feel distant from people. But if they're like if people authentically let them in. Like, they'll open up, and th- they're willing to hear people out then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Chloe said, um, one of her friends said, oh, you're Christian? Like, you're very loving, and I didn't expect this because everything that I saw previously, all the stuff that people want to say about Christians, you're not like that. So keep loving them, and even if they're not Christians, they're still made in the image of God, and they are searching. Mm-hmm. Don't write them off, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah. So treat them as, as humans. Yeah, and, for sure. And once you're their friend and they they see you and your faith, they can see by example and you can show them with your actions the love of Christ. Totally. It's yeah. a major cliche, but it's it's a truthful one and I love to use it. Is <laughs> People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's the mm-hmm. same. Like if we're really trying to reach out to this generation. We can't just view them as projects, right? As statistics. Yeah. These are real people who God has formed, who God has loved. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember that and, and love the person and not just seek the convert that's a good reminder Mm -hmm. i think also um and it kind of branches out to what you were saying Jaden, about um just kind of like valuing them i think that being generous to them not just when it comes to like money or anything like that but being generous with your time being generous with the wisdom and the gifts that god has given you and I think just being very, very patient. Mm-hmm. I think we are very, very stubborn, and we think we know it all, as is, like, you know, a bunch of people, I'm sure. But I, That could be I, said of pretty much every generation. It could be said <laughs> yeah. of every single one. And I yeah. think that's why it's so hard for us to kind of mesh and to understand each other. But um, I, that's where I think it comes into play of, like, being understanding and kind of being generous of, you know, the resources and the gifts that God has given you um, to, to show them that, I do really care about you and I do really value you. And because of that, I want you to join me like in the kingdom of God, you know, and, and when you do care about them and, um, you show them like who God is and what Jesus has done, um, they, they'll understand it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Jaden. Thank you, Will, for 
just taking us down uh, the, the walk of Gen Z and helping us understand. To those of you listening, I hope that you take this to heart and you would take some time to, to pray for those that, that you know who are in Gen Z. Well, up next, we're going to go to a senior citizen home and uh, interview boomers about your generation <laughs> and see what they have to say. But oh, it is boy. almost uh, 2 p.m., and so that means it's almost their nap time. So we need to hurry up and get out of here. Uh, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we will see you next week for the whole church. Goodbye. All right. Well, we're out of time, but thanks for joining us for our podcast footnotes. Be sure to subscribe, and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined. So until next time, Foothill, peace be with you. Oh, Jim, the assistant manager at Petco. Yeah, what's he up to? <laughs>